Hey guys, welcome to the Clean Simple Free Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Fox. I want to thank you for tuning in. It's still so amazing to me that 6,000 of you tune in week after week to listen to these episodes. It really makes me happy. This week's episode is all about the phrase, letting go of things that no longer serve you, what this guided meditation phrase means and how we can apply it to our day-to-day lives by letting go of habits, goals, and even people that no longer hold a place in our life and how to identify those things. Stick around. Lately, I've been mulling over a phrase that comes up a lot in guided meditations. You've probably heard this phrase before. I feel like it's something that's said a lot in very Zen settings, so maybe you've heard your yoga instructor say it, but there isn't a whole lot of explanation given to it. I'm talking about the phrase, letting go of things that no longer serve you. This week's episode is a little bit more stream of consciousness than usual. It's less of a how-to episode and more of a discussion, and I wanted to talk with you about that phrase. What does it actually mean? When a particular thing no longer serves us, it means that it's something that's no longer helping us move forward along the path we want to take in life. In meditation, this is usually used as a mantra for letting go of thoughts, that are crowding your mind or letting go of anxieties or tension in your body to get you to relax. And with living a minimal or less cluttered life, we can apply this to all the objects we own, but it can also be applied to every aspect of our inner world, our commitments, internal goals, values, coping strategies, and even relationships. I had already been mulling over that phrase a lot recently, but I kept coming back to it this past week. Last week was extremely challenging for me. I found out some scary health-related news about my grandfather. My grandpa is a very active 80-something-year-old. He still rides motorcycles and goes to the beach and hosts Bible studies with friends at his house, and he's never smoked a day in his life, but he was just diagnosed with lung cancer. His doctor said that it's pretty aggressive, and I honestly don't know how much time he has. Obviously, that news has been very surreal. I'm extremely close with my grandparents, and my whole family is taking the news pretty hard. But during all of this, I have had to let go of a lot of things that no longer serve me, or don't serve me at this point in my life, more specifically. As I've been processing the news and looking at plane tickets to go fly out to California and see my grandparents and trying to be supportive over the phone for my family as we all lean on each other and process the news, and there are some things that I've just had to eliminate this week that no longer served me. A lot of my letting go has been related to my schedule. I've canceled appointments that aren't 100% essential, even put some social commitments on the back burner, and I've also had to let go of a lot of fear and anxiety about the unknown. That part is much easier said than done, but I've had to focus on what's essential for me during this time and what can wait. Another thing is, I've been really exhausted this past week. I think just because it's an emotionally draining time. So I've been going to bed earlier because, like we talked about in the last episode, proper rest is important. And this seems like a silly thing, but I had to let go of the fact that I couldn't control how tired I was. I wanted to stay up later, really enjoy my downtime in the evening. That's typically the time when I try to work on creative projects like drawing or editing Instagram photos. And I had to let go of that. Getting a good night's sleep serves me better right now, and forcing myself to stay up later does not. 
I'm sure it's different for everyone, but I feel like I have a much easier time focusing on what's important when I'm in a time of crisis. I think I'm more decisive about what's essential and what can be removed from my schedule or to-do list when I'm overwhelmed. It's when things are going smoothly that I'm more likely to take on extra commitments or overlook things that don't serve me. So how can we find out if there are things we're spending our time and energy on that no longer have any place in our lives? What's the easiest way to identify the types of things that no longer serve us? The first and easiest way to tell is if it's something that no longer makes you happy. This is something I've talked about many times when applied to decluttering and that you've heard from people like Marie Kondo or any other minimalist podcasters out there. You can identify when an object no longer holds emotional value for you and you just don't like it anymore, but this can be applied to any aspect of your life. A job, a relationship, a scheduled commitment, an internal belief, or a habit. If you're not crazy about your kickboxing class anymore and you'd rather try belly dancing, maybe it's time to take a break from the class and explore something that will make you happier. If you no longer find your job satisfying or you feel underappreciated in your work, maybe it's time to start updating your resume and searching for a new workplace. If you are hanging out with people who you feel you can't be your authentic self around, maybe it's time to find new friends. It's so easy to stay in a comfort zone of things that are familiar, but that doesn't always make it a good option. Choose the path that will make you happiest and help you live your life the most fully. The second way to tell that something no longer serves you is if it's something that you dread. If there's something in your life that you absolutely dread, that you think about rescheduling every time it comes around or that you consistently procrastinate on, it probably no longer holds a place in your life. And this can be hard to come to grips with if it's something that was once important to you or holds a lot of sentimental value. Let me give you an example. Let's pretend that you host a weekly book club at your house on Thursdays, and you've been hosting this every week for the past three years. It's something you really used to be passionate about, and you enjoyed getting your house ready and making little snacks for everyone, but lately you've been feeling very different about it. Every time that weekly meeting rolls around, you start thinking of excuses to come up with, to not host this week, or you start procrastinating on getting the reading done, or maybe you just can't wait till it's over. But when another member of the book club asks if you'd rather have someone else host, you're hesitant to let go of this commitment because you were once very attached to it. If you've invested a lot of effort into something, but it's starting to feel like a drag, that's a pretty good indicator that this is something that no longer serves your life. In the example scenario of the book club, this person would be better off to pass the hosting duties to another person and take a break from it and figure out what better serves their passions right now. We're always changing and evolving, and we do outgrow some of our interests, and sometimes the best thing to do is just step away for a while. It doesn't have to be permanent. Sometimes we simply need a break. Let's take a quick break now for a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to the episode. The third way to tell if something is no longer serving you is if it makes you feel bad about yourself. Again, if you're in a romantic relationship that makes you feel bad about yourself, or if you have toxic friends that bring you down, these are people that no longer have a place in your life. 
I mentioned internal goals earlier, and I'm going to use a personal example of that here. I have experimented with many different art projects over the years. I keep a running list of ideas for themes I want to explore in my paintings or maybe sculptures, and there have been a few ideas that were really detailed and complex that I never got around to doing, but I loved the idea of it and talked about my ideas with friends to the point where they'd refer to it independently of me. They would say something like, oh, the scene in this one movie reminds me of that such and such painting you're going to do. And I would often feel a sense of guilt about the fact that I had never started on that particular painting, yet people that knew me already associated it with me and I had put all this thought into it. Sometimes you just have to walk away from things like that. If there is something you've always been meaning to do and you haven't put in the effort, now you're just being guilt tripped by it. Some ideas are always just going to be ideas. Some projects aren't enough of a priority for us to finish them. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. There's a phrase that's used among writers called kill your darlings. Masterclass.com says this about the phrase, quote, kill your darlings is a common piece of advice given by experienced writers. You kill your darlings when you decide to get rid of an unnecessary storyline, character, or sentences in a piece of creative writing, elements you may have worked hard to create, but that must be removed for the sake of your overall story. Though you may have heard the phrase a thousand times, it's valuable to learn the origins of the kill your darlings quote and to consider how you can apply the concept in your work, end quote. We can apply this phrase to our lives whether or not we consider ourselves writers. We can kill our darlings if there are unfinished projects or ideas that have never been fully developed, even if we've put a lot of time and effort into them already. If there is anything in your life that makes you feel bad about yourself, whether it's a task you haven't completed, or a person who brings you down, or a fear that you're holding onto that causes you to limit yourself, learn to free yourself up and live without it. Some are much easier than others, of course. It's much easier to throw away a half-finished painting than it is to let go of limiting beliefs, but if there's something in your life that's really been dragging you down and interfering with your happiness, we owe it to ourselves to find out how we can detach ourselves from the things that make us feel less than our best. There are many other ways to identify the things that no longer serve us, but the fourth and final one I'm going to mention is daydreaming of living without it. If there's something in your life that doesn't resonate with who you are right now, and you find yourself wondering what life would be like without it, that's a very clear sign that it's something that isn't working for your life. I'm going to use a friend as an example. My best friend has had some experience with fostering cats that need new homes. She's an incredibly sweet person who loves animals and she fosters cats and helps them learn to socialize and adjust to a new home until they can find their forever homes. It's a really great thing and she gets a lot of fulfillment out of it. Well, there was one cat that she was fostering who was still a kitten. He was younger than the ones she was used to fostering and he was very hyper and active and somewhat aggressive and he started to become a bit of a problem for her. He kept her up at night to the point where she was exhausted for work because he wouldn't let her sleep. He started destroying furniture. She had a hard time keeping up with him and she told the pet adoption people, look, I can't take care of this cat anymore. He's more high need than my other fosters have been and I just can't keep up with him, can't give him what he needs. And I was really impressed with my friend for saying that and for putting her needs first 
rather than just trying to stick it out and dreaming of the day that that kitten would get adopted. By the way, he did get adopted. He found his forever home very shortly after she returned him to the pet adoption place. But my point is, if you are fantasizing about how life would be without a certain thing in it, that's a clear sign that it's something that no longer serves you and it's time to let it go. I want to read you something before wrapping up the episode. It's from an article called On Mission from becomingminimalist.com. Quote, Every day we are presented with countless choices of how to spend our time, our energy, our effort, and our money. The wisest of us recognize we always have the power to choose, and they choose to pursue their life's greatest mission by repeatedly saying no to things that distract from it. Donald Miller is the New York Times best-selling author of Blue Like Jazz and the Storyline blog. Recently, he wrote a life plan program to help people plan and live a meaningful life. This past winter, while meeting with Donald in San Diego, he said something I have not forgotten. He said, My goal is to take 1 million people through the life plan program. And these days I am saying no to anything that doesn't get us closer to reaching that goal. I have often reflected on this approach to life. It is no different than the advice of countless other thought leaders on leadership and influence. Successful people are adamant about saying no to things that do not align with their mission. Of course, sometimes the choices are obvious, but the hardest work is done in the trenches. Staying on mission is about learning to say no to the urgent requests, the popular requests, and the countless opportunities in front of you to make an extra dollar. What is your purpose? What goals do you have for your life? On what mission do you desire to live? And what plan have you developed to help you get there? Go pursue it with your heart and your life and learn to say no to all the countless opportunities that will only distract you from it." End quote. I love Joshua Becker. I was so happy to come across that article. It's from 2016, but I thought it was very fitting with the topic. The reason we should evaluate the things that no longer serve us is so that we can minimize distraction from the things that do. We all live such busy lives and we all have different priorities and things that matter to us. And I think that it's worth stepping back to assess the things that are crowding and distracting from living to our fullest potential. Finding out what our goals are and what we want to focus on is important, and it's equally important to decide what we can let go of so that our path can become clear and that our minds will feel free. That wraps up this week's episode. It was a little bit shorter than usual, but I hope you enjoyed it all the same. If you have any questions, you want to say hi, or you have a topic or a question that you'd like me to address, reach out to me anytime on Instagram at clean.simple.free or by email at clean.simple.free at gmail.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, consider donating a dollar to help promote future episodes and help make the podcast better over time. It's always appreciated, but your listenership is always appreciated as well. Thanks again for tuning in and remember, clean spaces make for a more simple way of life. And when life is simplified, your mind will feel free. I'll see you next time.